It's good to see you all in the house of the Lord today. If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, turn to the first chapter of Exodus. Exodus, the first chapter. We're going to read several verses, so you're going to have to be a little bit patient with me. This is probably a lot more than I need to read, but it uh, is a very interesting little story and uh, one that uh, we need to uh, visit about. It's got some big old words in it. I may have to get y'all to help me pronounce them. Exodus, the first chapter, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 7. Y'all there? Amen? And the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceeding mighty. That word wax means became very numerous. And the land was filled with them. Now there arose up a new king over Egypt who knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them or shrewdly toward them, lest they multiply and it come to pass that when they falleth or in the event of war, out of any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us and so get them up out of the land or to go out of the land. Therefore they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens, and they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, which is Python and Ramazee. But, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel, or in dread of the children of Israel. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. That word rigor means harshness. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar and in brick, and in all manner of service in the field, all their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor." And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, of which the name of the one was Shifra, and the name of the other Puah. And he said, when, do, when ye do the office of midwife to the Hebrew women, and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then he shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live." But the midwives feared God and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men children alive. And the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said unto them, Why have ye done this, this thing and have saved the men children alive? And the midwives said unto Pharaoh, I love this answer, because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are lively. That word are lively means they have vigor of life and are delivered ere the midwives come in unto them. Keep your Bibles open right there. Let me visit with you for a few minutes today about I won't do it 
Tell the devil that you cannot have my blessing. Now that's kind of a long title. I won't do it. Tell the devil that you can't have my blessing. Now, here we are in a very familiar portion of Scripture. The children of Israel are enslaved in Egypt. And a new king is set forth in Egypt by the name of Pharaoh. And I need to tell you that Pharaoh does not, jo does not know Joseph. And this is the reason why. Because Joseph had expired or died some 144 years before the Israelites left Egypt. And also this was about 64 years before Moses was even born. So in our text we, we see that one of the things that this new king notices is that there is a large number of Israelites in their country that they have a slave. So the first thing on the, the new king's agenda is he wants to deal with them. He wanted to show them who was charged, in charge. He wanted to show them, I'm the boss and you're going to listen to what I say. And, and he wanted to show them that if he wanted to crack the whip and make life tough on them, he could do that as well. And this is the reason why. He was fearful of the children of Israel. He, he was scared because he thought that they would grow to the point that they would turn against Egypt, fight against Egypt, and gain their freedom. And, and, and I want you to understand something this morning, folks, that there is people in this world that have been in the position for a great amount of time who will always fight to make their position secured. This is what I want you to understand about Pharaoh. Pharaoh was afraid that the Israelites were becoming so numerous that they would organize themselves, and when they organized, they would threaten his kingdom. So what did he do? He made them slaves, which they already were, but he just oppressed them that much more. And the reason he did that, he was trying to kill their spirit. He was trying to put a halt to their growing in number. So what he did was he gathered these taskmasters. And, and uh, what, what he thought he had was a brilliant plan. Now this was his plan. He said that he is going to make the children of Israel work harder than they had ever worked before. What he was trying to do, he was trying to break their focus. Now listen to me. When I say break their focus of who they were and what their position of assignment was. And I tell you that to say this. That's what the devil wants to do to us. He wants to break our focus. And if he can get us out of our focus, if he can derail our attention, 
if he can divide our thoughts, then he knows he can throw us off course. Now, jokingly, a while ago, I said, I was focused. I tell my wife that a lot of times. She gets real mad at me. But I tell her, you need to focus. Because, and we were kind of talking about this in a little, a little while ago, some of the issues that Michael brought up to us about what's going on in school. And I told you it's satanic. You see, that's exactly what the devil is trying to do. You see, he's trying to derail us. And, and, and we're seeing, folks, I've told y'all numerous times, the devil is alive and well. And he's going to stir up as much problems as he possibly can. And that's what he wants us to do. You know, I saw a sign hanging on a fence coming over here this morning in, in downtown Lone, and it says, Jesus only. Jesus only. Because we are being bombarded. You know, I, I don't think ever before in human history have we been bombarded through, through a media, through social media, and pardon the expression, but with so much crap. And that's all it is. It's junk. So be careful. Be careful what you're reading. Be careful who you're listening to. I'm not telling you don't do it. I'm just telling you be careful because the devil is alive and well. And what the devil wants to do is he wants to derail you. He wants to lose your, make you lose your focus. And he wants to steal your blessing that God has given you. That's what he wants to do. Throw us off course. So now, I'll get off my box, soapbox, and I'll go back to preaching. I'll quit meddling. Excuse me. But the king behind, the, the, the thinking behind his plan is to make these people so busy. You know, he, he didn't want them to have any kind of home life, no social life, and he thought, well, if I can do that, they won't have time to make any more babies, so they won't be multiplying. Now, I want you to understand something about the slavery in Egypt. There was different levels of slavery in Egypt. Some, some slaves worked long hours in mud pits, while other slaves were skilled carpenters or jewelers or craftsmen. But here's the thing. Regardless of their skill level, the slaves were watched closely by these brutal taskmasters. Or you could call them supervisors. And, and their assignment was to keep the slaves working as hard and as fast as possible. In other words, they were specialists at making these slaves' lives miserable. They wanted them as miserable as possible. So, you know, and the Bible tells us that, that the slaves were working so hard 
they, they built Pharaoh two cities. Two cities. You know, he worked their fingers to the bone. And, 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 you know, and again, this was to distract them of what they were assigned to do. And, but, but the king's plan backfired on him. And, and the reason I say that is this. You look in verse 12, the Bible says that the more that they worked them, the more they grew. They just multiplied. So, you see, the, 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 Egyptians tried to wear down the Hebrews people by forcing them in to work even all the more hard and 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 mistreat them and what did the Hebrews do they just grew and they multiplied now that is significant and the reason I want to point this out is this you see when we are burdened down and we are mistreated, we may feel defeated. You know, I, I had one of those days and I think it was Friday. It was just one of... Larry quit grinning at me. It was one of those days that... Have you ever had a day that started off bad and went progressively downhill? I finally got an amen in Rockwood, Texas. <laughs> but that's the way my Friday was. And I mean, it wasn't necessarily anything big, but it, it was just one little thing after another. And, and, and I just finally got to the point where I said, you know, Lord, I've just about had all this I can stand. Because it just was like that. Well, we all have days like that. And what do we do? We get down and we start feeling defeated. But, but our burdens can make us stronger. They can develop characters in us, qualities in us, that, that will prepare us for the future. Folks, I want to tell you something. We can't be overcomers if we have nothing to overcome. We can't know how big and how good God is if everything was always hunky-dory. Because if it was, more than likely we would start taking God for granted. We have to be true to God in hard times. Because even our most worst situations can just make us better people. Folks, we have to understand beyond the shadow of a doubt, that the enemy will put countless diverse problems or glitches or malfunctions or obstacles in our lives 
not only to derail us, but to disrupt us, to make us distraught or be dismayed or be saddened or be offended or being disturbed. And I could go on and on and on. And when He does that, it's easy for us to lose our spiritual growth. And and I say that because we get so wrapped up in what we're doing. We get so busy in what we're doing in our life's work. And we're running here and we're running there and we feel like that proverbial dog that's chasing his tail and we're not getting anything done. We're fussing. We're fighting and, and focusing on, and, and we just don't focus on what God wants us to do, what God has assigned us to do. So we give, what we do is we give up on God. We fail to give Him the attention that He deserves, and, and, and then we're not doing what God wants us to do because we're having a rotten, stinking day, and somebody else comes along that's even having a worse rotten, stinking day, and we can't even minister to them when they're going through all their stuff. Why? Because we're too focused on our own problems, and we forgot what God wants us to do. You know, we live in this society today where the church should be growing. The church should be increasing. We're living in times when lives ought to be changed. We're living in a time when preachers, when pastors ought to be holding one another up. We're living in a time when Christians should be praying for one another instead of praying on one another. You know, we've got all this, this, this COVID and, and all these different variants and we see people dying all around us. And again, I firmly believe that this COVID stuff that we're going through Uh, Number one, I believe it's man-made. And number two, I believe it's nothing but satanic. That's what I think. And we ought to be bending our knees and begging God to help us get through this. But what are we doing? We're distracted by Satan and all his little imps. Listen to me now. We should be a mighty nation of spiritual people because this country was founded on what? This country was founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we have become a nation of what? Various cults and false doctrines. We need to grow from those obstacles. Just like the children of Israel did. They grew through their hard time. We need to set our sights on things of God and not things of men. And I'm afraid that's what we get too wrapped up in. And we just need to tell the devil, devil, you can't have my blessing. So this leads the king to a new idea. 
He planned to have the midwives kill all the male babies that were born in Israel or, or born to the children of Israel. That's what He plans to do. But you notice what we read? It says that the midwives feared God. And they didn't do what the king told them to do. <laughs> Pharaoh still sees these male babies alive and being born and these so-called midwives and he asks them, why are these babies still alive? Well, Pharaoh was asking the wrong group of people to do the wrong thing. Because these midwives help babies to be born. They didn't help women kill their children. They feared God. They weren't afraid of the king. And I love the answer that they gave the king in verse 19. It's the Hebrew, he said, the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women. They're lively. Those Hebrew women knew their blessing was coming to them in the form of those babies. And they weren't going to let them die. Even if they were born with the midwives not there. You see, their courage, no, let me say, their faith in God gave them the courage to stand up against this king and to stand up for what was right. So you see, folks, that tells us that the kingdom of God will not die. That's why Jesus told Simon. Y'all remember this? Remember Simon Peter? You remember what Jesus told Simon Peter in Matthew 16, 18? You remember? Nobody's head shaking yes. He said... I will build my church upon this rock and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You see, one thing that really disrupts the devil is when the kingdom of God advances. When people are giving their life to Jesus Christ. When people are receiving the salvation of Jesus Christ. But the devil will do his best to try to fight against the church. He wants to destroy the church and he will do his best to tear down the kingdom of God. You know, what does the Bible tell us that the devil's job is? is? It says the devil comes to what? To kill, to steal, and to destroy. That's his job. That's what he wants to do if he can. You know, if the, if the devil could, could have destroyed the children of God, he would have done it a long time ago. But why he has not been able to do it is because we are a victorious church. We are a victorious people. We are a victorious nation. But we've got to know that the devil is out to steal our blessings. That's what he wants to do. So let me tell you that the, the blessing that God gives you is something that is worth fighting for. It's worth standing up and doing the right thing. It's worth telling the devil, devil, you can't have my blessing. I've been through too much. I'm not going to give it up. I've got too much to turn around now. 
God has been my keeper. God has been my provider. So you're not going to take our children. You're not going to take our joy. You're not going to take and destroy the kingdom of God. You're not going to destroy the church's ministry. You can't have our loved ones because the blessing that God has given me makes me rich. It keeps me from all evil. It takes good care of me. Tell the devil today he can't have your blessing. You're not going to let it go. In other words, it's time for us to stand up to the devil just like those Hebrew women stood up to that king. And they said, you know, what we need to do is tell the devil, you just get behind me because I'm getting behind Jesus Christ. In other words, we need to draw that proverbial line in the sand and tell the devil, enough is enough. I'm not going to take it anymore. You have done everything you possibly can to steal my joy, everything to steal my peace, and to, you know, try to get me off of God's side, to get me away from the Lord's side, and my blessing belongs to me, and you can't have it anymore. I'm not going to let you. Focus on what's important. Focus on God and His plan that He has for your life. The purpose that He has for your life. And you tell the devil, I'm not going to let you have it. No way, no how. Because it means too much to me. Let's pray together. Father God, we just thank You for this day that You've blessed us with, Father. I just thank You for Your love, Your mercy, Your grace. Father, all the blessings that You give us. And Father, I just come to You now with this group of people and we're crying out and calling out to Your name to protect us through in this very challenging time that we live. To just watch over us, Father. To guide us and direct us. To keep us strong. And not let the devil deter us and hold us back. Father, we just ask that you bless us with rain that we desperately need, that only you can provide. Father, I thank you for this church, this church family. I thank you for the folks that are here. Certainly, I pray for the ones that are not here today. We just pray they're safe, that they're okay, that they're just not here for some other reason today. Father, all the folks that we have on our prayer list, all the situations that we have on our prayer list, we put in Your hands, Father. And we just ask that You move in a special way in every situation that You just wrap Your arms, loving arms around these, these different people, these different situations, Father, and move in a special way in their lives that, that, that they need. The need will be met. So, Father, just forgive us where we fail You and as we leave this place. Watch over and care for us. In your Son's name we pray. Amen.